Welcome to the Career Change Podcast, where you'll discover the frank and practical advice and resources that are already proven to work in the real world when it comes to changing careers or figuring out what business is right for you when you are a smart but likely also stuck, overwhelmed or overthinking person in your mid-30s, your 40s, your mid-50s. I'm your host, Ricky Hansen, a career change advisor, entrepreneur and former corporate HR professional with over 15 years experience of helping thousands of people just like you identify Identify or create careers or businesses that are both meaningful and future-proof. Welcome home. Hey, it's Ricky Hansen here and welcome to episode 11 of the Career Change Podcast. Now, this episode is perfect for you if you would love to start your own business or a new business, but you, you feel held back because someone is already doing your idea, or at least that's how you see it. But this episode is also for you if you don't really think like you're the entrepreneurial type. Now, let's face it, it is totally normal to feel like that, especially if you've always worked for someone else, you've always been an employee, then of course you might not see yourself like an entrepreneur or a portfolio careerist overnight. And even if you do, we humans, we smart people, we just have a way of making things exceptionally hard for ourselves to put things in our own way. If you're new to this podcast, then make sure you go back after this and listen to episode one, which is literally a a list of a lot of the the ways we get in our own way when it comes to changing careers or starting your own business. So again, this podcast is very much about, well, how do you deal with that? How do you get over yourself and all of those things you do to make life so much harder for yourself? Now, I'm really excited because entrepreneurship is something that I'm seeing a lot more mid-career professionals who are becoming interested in. There's a lot more people nowadays starting their own business. I've been recommending entrepreneurship for ages, especially for career changers in their mid-30s, their mid-50s and onwards. It's just such a fantastic way to fast track and really control your career change to a very large extent. Instead of having to please gatekeepers or the CV police you just bypass them straight away. It's very sneaky. You get the control, you get the freedom. You're not stuck with somebody else's idea of a pay scale. And if you also add an online component, you just have so many options. I will also say right up front, as excited and as, um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur myself, it doesn't necessarily mean that I think it's the only option. There are still clients where I advise jobs as being the right thing for them at this stage in their life. So, Just bear that in mind. There's space for everyone. Okay. But this particular episode, I really want to dedicate it to what I call the, in air quotes, because I made this one up, somebody is already doing it fallacy. Does that make sense? So the somebody is already doing it fallacy. That idea that someone is already doing that business you want to do. So you just feel really deflated and put off and hence don't go for it. Now, a fallacy is really a mistaken belief. And it's especially one based on unsound arguments or inherited beliefs, you know, things that don't have any proof in the real world. I could literally write a whole book about career change fallacies. You know, all of these things that people who in their mid-30s, the mid-50s, they want to change careers, they want to start their own business, all of these fallacies, all of these things they believe that aren't really true, but they never even question them. So that's a lot of what we'll talk about in this podcast right? These ideas that we have that we take for granted, but that aren't true. Now, one of the things that I do in my one-on-one work with my career change and entrepreneurship clients, and that I also teach um, people how to do in my online programs is to figure out what career to change into and how to figure out what business to start, i.e. 
how to design unique careers and businesses. And often what happens with my private clients is this. So literally, they've had tons of ideas. They're totally overwhelmed. And one of the things that I do well with private clients is to help them figure out which of their many ideas to pick or how to combine them. Or often I see something else that's right for them. And then we design this business idea and off they go and start implementing. And often I get this email or phone call like, Ricky, someone is already doing it. Oh no, I can't go forward with this. I feel totally deflated and da, 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 da. I'm sure you can relate to this, right? I mean, literally with my own clients, it's happened twice in the last month alone. I'm like, okay, we need to do a podcast like this because I know there are a lot of you listening that are probably in a similar scenario, right? This somebody's already doing it fallacy. Let's talk about whether it's really a showstopper or not. You've got that great idea. You start looking out to the marketplace and gasp someone is already doing it. You might even know that person or it might be in your town, whatever it is. Let's talk about why that is actually not a bad thing. So number one, it's a good thing if someone is already doing it. That indicates that a paying market exists, which is great if you want to make money. I would actually worry, and I say this to my, this is literally the first thing I'll say when my clients get in touch with this kind of, oh, somebody's already doing it. I'm like, fantastic. Thanks. Mm." I would worry if somebody wasn't already doing it somehow, because it's a great thing if somebody is already doing it. It's a great sign there's already a paying market. The road has been paved for you, my friend. It means there's a lot less work potentially involved because you are not going to have to spend the first year plus educating people about what is that really unique, incredible, unique business idea that nobody's ever heard about before and why do people need it and why should they buy it and why you you know if there already is somebody doing something related to what you're doing then the need is likely clear to the customer already and it makes it so much easier for you to sell you are not the one who's doing the educational piece about why do you need a car instead of a horse all right you get my point with the Ford analogy if this is your first business, that's actually quite an important thing because instead of spending the many the first many many months testing what are essentially untested assumptions and not making any money, you can literally go straight to market because if there's an existing market, you'll know where they hang out. They're so much easier to get in front of. And then you can very much piggyback on what is already proven to work. Of course, you'll differentiate. We'll talk about that later and you're not going to copy. That's not what we're talking about. But like I said, I would worry a lot more if there's no one doing anything related to what you're doing. So it's good news Why do you have this idea that you need to reinvent the wheel of being the earliest possible adapter, right? Literally this, uh, the last couple of months with one client, I helped them design a really exciting online platform concept with a focus on a very specific age group and a very specific problem. This person, he was really excited because it was very aligned with the skill set he'd actually be building over many years and he thought he was going to have to throw away. But now it turned out, which it very often does when I work with people that the skill set has just been preparing him for this business. It's a matter of calling it something else and making it related to a different market. And interestingly enough, he also had a great network he could draw on. Now, part of the platform was based on a business model that's already becoming more known and used in the U.S., but it's still relatively new to Europe where this person is based. So it's a fantastic time to get in. Now, out of the blue, I literally get this email going, oh no, look, there are these two websites, two people already doing my thing. I even know one of them. Now I'm starting to doubt myself and this whole idea and feel totally deflated. Now I was like, mate, this is good news. 
a paying market potentially already exists. Somebody's already been doing the work. And also just looking at the websites, I'm like, mate, these people don't have anything on you. Why are you feeling intimidated? That's something that's easy, obviously, for me to see, right? So it was actually good to see in their country is already happening. It's fantastic. Paying market exists. It's a good thing. And also, again, I can see this. They might have part of this guy's idea, but there was no way you would confuse those two websites with the way my client was going to implement his idea. And remember, this is so important. You might have a grain of an idea. That person out there who's got the business, they already executed. That's what they have. Your execution, even if you tried, <laughs> flatter yourself, or don't worry too much, would never ever look like that, okay? So don't worry if it's already out there. It's potentially a good thing. And also a lot of people, they're like, oh, but the market is already saturated. It's too late because they're quite ambitious or worried. I mean, hello, just look at history. Even companies that are now massive didn't get to market first. Imagine if Mark Zuckerberg had thought, oh, dang, my space is already killing it. Why bother with Facebook? You get my point. This, you know, here's the thing when, when, when Mark started Facebook, you know, MySpace was backed by News Corp and some of the best MBAs in the world. He could easily have gotten intimidated, but his unique ability and his unique chance being a startup was he could and did very much gave the customer what they wanted. And look, <laughs> look what's happened today. Whether you agree with him as a business person and a business one or not, that's irrelevant here. It's used for the example that it's okay if it's already being done. You could even get better than anyone else because you can see what's working and what's not. And you can differentiate. Number two is that you don't have to be like Steve Jobs to start a business. And you don't even need a unique, groundbreaking idea that's never been done before in the age of humankind. And also, good luck. Let's face it, the majority of ideas have already been done somehow. This is so important. Here's something I've really noticed. A lot of people who come my way, they really feel held back. They say to me things like, Ricky, but I'm not like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or generally other men. Have you noticed how that's a saturated areas? They don't feel creative or visionary. And I'm like, what makes you think that that's the way you have to be to become an entrepreneur? Why don't we look at the 99.9% of the rest of the entrepreneurs and the ideas they're dealing with? This might be a bias that you have yourself, a fallacy that you, and just check yourself. Maybe you do deep down believe that you have to be a certain way to start a business and become an entrepreneur. You have this idea that your idea has to be so unique and different and visionary. If not, there's no point. I can promise you, my friend, there is no need to have a unique or groundbreaking idea. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. You just have to solve a problem or facilitate a transformation on experience that people actually want to pay for. That's it. You don't have to change the world. You just have to change somebody's world. All ideas have likely been done as a starting point. So don't worry. There are plenty of ways to do an idea and nobody can do them like you anyway. Maybe you, and also if you are the person who's feeling like, well, I don't have any ideas whatsoever, that's really not a problem. Just look at existing businesses and put your own spin on them. A classic example I like giving is things like Airbnb. You could just niche down really, really tiny market and do things like your type of Airbnb with, for example, disabled friendly for wheelchair users. A friend of mine once did a business like that around cars. Or you could do Airbnb type style accommodation for super healthy peeps. You know, those of us who really don't want to travel with our blender or juicer or food processor, yoga mat or air purifier, that all comes in your thing. 
Or, hello fresh, you could do it for gluten-free people or breatharians. Sorry, just kidding with that last one. But you get the point. What if some, you know, there's so many business ideas for you to choose and make your own version of. Just find your unique niche, your unique people. There are always elements you can build on. So don't be so hard on yourself. Remember, I'm not talking copying here. I'm talking about potentially taking something that the already is a proven market for and then do your unique version of that. But get over this idea that, you know, honestly, it's going to be really hard for you to find someone who hasn't somehow done what you're doing. All right. Again, that's a good thing. Number three, don't worry about it being done already. Instead, focus on being way better in at least one aspect. So instead of spending all of that bloody time worrying about someone who's done it already and wasting your time, worry about that and beating yourself up. Here's what you want to do, my friend. You want to spend that time instead on identifying exactly how you can distinguish yourself, how you can differentiate. This is something that's really important. Whenever you feel yourself stuck, it is likely because you're giving your power away to something or someone outside yourself Bring that power back and focus on what makes your best business different rather than the same. It's so easy to potentially be lazy and think, oh, we're the same. What's not easy is to think, okay, how am I different? And how can I differentiate on even just one aspect and be off the chart compared to my competition? Now, that's hard, which is why a lot of times when people say it's been done before, you're just being lazy, right? There's only one of you, my friend, only one of you. There's always going to be something unique to your business. And here's some example to how at least one aspect of your product or your business can be off the charts or unique. It can be even something as simple as pricing, because maybe you just choose a different clientele either way. It could be speed, the way which you solve someone's problem or provide a solution. It could also be convenience. It could be design. Like literally last month, no, two months ago, I was in, in the market for a I wanted a software for productivity and there were a lot of different ones and a lot of free ones and a lot of them looked the same. But then I came across this product called Things, which is beautiful and simple and I used it and it cost a lot more than everything else. But the design was so beautiful that it stood out a mile, even though you could argue that that thing about productivity software had been done a million miles over. I still ended up paying for that thing. It's beautiful. I use it every day, right? I could easily have thought, oh no, but Trello is doing a free version. Why do we even bother with this other software? You get my point. Design. How many times have you paid for easy to use design or beautiful design? That's a classic thing. Or it could also be things like features, security, trust, niche value, or even relatability. When I first started my business, the amount of people who would say to me, Ricky, I chose you and even... Even now, 15 years later, that's still something people will say, because you are relatable. You spend, you know, years in the corporate world. You know what it's like to get to a certain stage, have enough, and then want to do something else. You know what it's like to work all hours of the day, not have a social life, to not be able to plan anything. You know, that's why I choose to work with you over someone else who doesn't have that background. For example, the same thing that's so, that's one thing I always do when I work with private clients and I recommend people inside my courses do as well. There's always something potentially 
Now, not everybody needs to be a personal brand. It could also be part of your business, but there must be something about you that's really relatable, potentially. That's not a bad thing. Sometimes people actually want a relatable business. Often people think they have to be the superstar, untouchable, again, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk. But often what people want in a business and a product is actually a relatable story so they know that somebody gets them. So that could be another way in which you differentiate. You've been where they are, or but you solve the problem here, you're on the other side, stuff like that. Focus on where you have the power, your differentiator. That, my friend, you are 100% in charge of. At least one facet of your product or your business must be different and off the charge compared to your competition, right? Classic example. This is like the most basic example I can think of. Think about wherever you live. So I used to live in London. There were tons of yoga studios, tons of gyms. Imagine if somebody said, oh no, but there's already one yoga studio or one gym, I can't do anything else. And often the way these companies would differentiate these yoga studios literally on the surface they would seem similar but one of them made it very clear that all you're getting was just the location next to work nothing else really another would be that yeah it might look similar but they had a really beautiful changing room they had beautiful incense fluffy cushions fancy art you get the differentiator right It could also literally be one yoga studio they were focused in on having phenomenally, technically great yoga teachers. Whereas another yoga studio, they just had a steam room. You get the point. A little bit like, depending on where you're from, how many Italian restaurants do you have where you live? You know, maybe the different, a lot of them might seem the same, but when you look closer, maybe one of them just have incredibly handsome waiters or they have a retro style with loads of the really heavy stuff, or maybe they offer gluten-free they know what their customers they value and they know where they're world-class at. So focus on what is or could you differentiate a B? And it's actually often a good thing if somebody is already doing what you're doing because it'll keep you on your toes and focus on what you uniquely can do well. And it can either be one thing or a combination of things, okay? Number four, get out of the scarcity mindset. There's enough if you know what your enough is. I see a lot of people who got this kind of scarcity mindset. And what I really recommend that you move towards is that there's enough for everyone when it really comes down to it. Because here's what I see. Often when people, they have this scarcity mindset, it's because they think there's not enough to go around for everyone. But let me challenge you on that one. How many clients do you really need? How big a market share do you really need? And especially if you're willing, like I often recommend to add an online component to your business, either 100% or 50%, whatever it is, then you can reach much bigger clientele and market share. So don't be old school with all of this. Even if someone has already started a business with what you think is your idea and do what you perceive as being better, there are still plenty of clients left for you too. How many clients do you really need? Do you need the whole town, the whole city, the whole universe? Let me be really frank with you here. I often find that people with a scarcity mindset are just being lazy. And it's because they're really vague about their numbers. When I actually ask them, well, what do you mean there's not enough? Show me your numbers. Have you actually run the numbers to understand what kind or how many customers you need? What do you need to sell? Are there other areas of making money? You know, get concrete. It's not like every single person out there needs to be your client. There is enough for everyone if you know how to capitalize. Here's what I really want to say. Often when people get stuck, it's because they're vague. Go from vague to concrete. That's really important and know your differentiator. So just remember that there is, if you do 
something really good, unique, differentiated, your own way, without having to feel like you're Steve Jobs, there's enough for everyone. Get clear on your numbers, my friend. Number five, and let me really put the foot down here. Execution matters more than ideas. It's time to put your unique mark on the world. Your ideas do not matter as much as the execution of those ideas does. And you know what? Ideas might seem similar, but the ways of execution and your unique way of execution is nothing like anyone else in the world. There is only one you and the story that you can tell, the business that you can create. Nobody else has your experience your personality, your quirks, your taste, and your unique perspective. And all of that pretty much only comes out when you start executing on your idea that right now only exists if you are having this problem, which is not really a problem, that right now is only in your head. And you're comparing it to people who've already, credit to them, they have already executed on the idea that once only existed in their head. Even if you trade, your execution will be different. There is only you. You listening right now, you're amazing. There is only one of you. Never underestimate the power of that. This is so important. Think about any story ever told. To give you an analogy, how many books have you read where the main character was an orphan and then they met a mentor and then they went off into the wilderness and something happened, blah, 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 the hero's journey. That's like every story ever told. And think about how many different authors and stories still exist. It's exactly the same thing with starting that business. Nobody can put your unique mark on that business. So stop for I mean, for freak's sake, stop spending all that energy, worry about it already having been done because you're comparing an undone, unexecuted on idea to somebody else's final product and you haven't even started. Instead, what you should worry a lot more about is identifying your unique business concept, your differentiators and your unique client group and get your butt in gear and start executing, start creating it and show people just how different and unique you are. All right, so let's recap. Number one, it's a good thing if someone is already doing it. It means that a paying market exists. Number two, you don't have to be Steve Jobs to start a business. You don't even have to have a unique idea. And number three, don't worry about it being done already. Instead, focus way more on being way better in at least one aspect. Number four, Get out of the scarcity mindset. There's enough if you know what your enough is, i.e. know your numbers. And number five, execution matters more than ideas. It's time to put your unique mark on the world. Your execution is what's truly unique, not your idea. Remember that, my friend. If you like this and you want more ideas for how you can create a unique career, a unique business, then remember that is what I do over at the careerchangepodcast.com. And by the way, If you are on the fence about whether you should start your own business, trust me, it is one of the best things you could ever do, especially as a career changer. Bypass the gatekeepers, you know, bypass the CV police, put your own mark on the world. Find that urgency to do it. And you know what? 
you might even end up collaborating and working alongside and making friends with the person you right now see as that competitor that seems like a showstopper. They're not. Personally, I've done that with a lot of people like that. Do you know what? See people as potential friends and opportunities for collaboration rather than showstoppers. But most importantly, get executing. All right? If you need help with that, I'll see you over at thecareerchangepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>